0: we're glad you're here we're glad you're here we are excited to be able to to be in the house of the lord today how many of you know the the scripture says i was glad when they said to me to be to be in the house of the lord amen so you're in a safe place did you know that i could give you the statistics about how many people are hurt in other places on other areas and how how that's not the case when you come to church but we've come for a special reason i believe that there's a special anointing it's going to be released today. Um, I've, I've got a pastor friend of mine here also, Daniel Nevejas. Come on up, Daniel. Daniel has been, some of you guys know him of, when we had a, a gathering over at, uh, at our other church. And come on, Daniel, we want to be able to have, Daniel is helping Mark. Uh, some of you may know that Dr. Mark is, is running for governor also. Um, I, was, I was like, do you want this to be a political thing? We really, But he loves the Lord. Oh come on! How, how many of you know it's wonderful when somebody's running for office like that, and they love their keep their eyes focused upon Jesus, don't they, Pastor? So I, I'm, we are glad to be able to have him and his wife Michelle here. You guys are kind of you kind of like family to us, you know. You've been here a few times, and this is the first time in this building, so we're making history. So we're excited about that. But Pastor Daniel, I'm glad to have you here. So I'm going to let you do the honors and and introduce Mark and Michelle today and let him minister as the Lord leads. Thank you, Pastor.
1: Thank you, Pastor. So glad to be with you guys today. I really, I was sitting there, I feel like I'm a VIP <laughs> in the house. Like it's just such a blessing to be here and to be with everyone. Rodney Donnelly, good to see you. I love you, brother. And it's good to come back to Woodward and be with everybody. And I am so excited, and so thankful for the gospel. Let me say that again. I am thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is the power of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. And I like to say it this way, that Jesus plus nothing is the gospel. It doesn't have anything to do with what you've done. It's all about what he did that made a way for I'm grateful for that and thankful for that. Also, I have the, uh, the privilege to serve Ecclesia of Oklahoma and also abroad across the nation. Uh, some of you guys follow us there. Um, yeah, I uh, last year had the opportunity to, uh, you know, I put a message out and I said, we are in a dress rehearsal for a communist takeover. As time progressed, I said, it looks like the dress rehearsal's over and we're like an act one, play one. We see what's going on. There's a lot of craziness that's happened, but I want to give you some good news. You guys want to hear some good news today? (laughs) Amen. We need good news. As I've had the opportunity to travel across Oklahoma and the nation, this is what I'm seeing across states, across the nation, is God is raising up redeemed sons and daughters who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And they are stepping into places like school board, city council, they're running for senators, they're running to to be representatives, and they're running for positions like governor. And so that is why I'm so grateful to be here this morning and supporting uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood and his wife Michelle, because they are one of the ones that God is raising up right here in Oklahoma to be a voice of righteousness that's not ashamed of the gospel, uncompromised. You're going to hear that in a minute, but I'll tell you a little bit, Dr. Sherwood, he is a naturopathic doctor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, He is literally, how many of you heard of this crazy thing called COVID (laughs) that's maybe got a little attention out there? How many know that he and his wife have treated more than 9,500 people with zero fatalities? Amen. That, that is the gift of God because God has called them to be healers. And so there is a mixture of wisdom, but there's also a great measure of faith that goes into no fear, not operating in fear. But uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood has also served as a law enforcement officer, was a police officer in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, for 24 years, 10 years uh, he spent on the SWAT team also a professional baseball player, also was a part of, I'm telling you, he's got an amazing list. He's an author. Uh, He is a movie producer. Uh, You could go to Google and see his movie. Uh, He and his wife put together a movie, amazing movie, Um, and and I'll say this as well, is he was also part of the power team. How many of y'all remember the power team? Across the globe, Dr. Sher was allowed to go across the globe and share the gospel Again, this most powerful thing called the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and lives have been transformed, and the ripple effects of that just keep going, keep going, because that's the power of God. It doesn't return void. It just keeps going, and keep going, and keeps going, and so glad to be here, glad to honor Dr. Mark, if you would like to come, and Dr. Michelle, and uh, so glad to honor you both today and be with you. want to Michelle come and join him and we want to just pray over you if you guys will just just
0: stand stand to your feet just stretch your hands towards the couple right here we're going to lay hands on you today we're just going to release the goodness and grace of God and we just thank you that you have a word and season for us and we are blessed and honored to be able to have this gift in the house giftings in the house and we release them to be able to shift atmospheres in northwest Oklahoma as well as the state of Oklahoma and we believe that and we receive that right now in Jesus name let's get the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise hallelujah
2: well good morning and thank you all for having me today I'm so grateful to be here I was telling someone at the greeting time there's no place I'd rather be than right here with you right now so thank you for giving me the honor to be in your presence so uh, and I want to thank pastors Eric and Shelly Cox um We've known each other probably 15 years or more. I was asking, or Shelley was asking me a moment ago, when did the power team come here? Um, I don't know when that was, 15 years ago, perhaps? I don't know, yeah. It's been a long time, so um, it's just really honored to be here. And, and I want to definitely thank Daniel um, Nevejas, who was just up here, for those of you who don't know, that guy and Leah Free, who's right there. Every time I call her, I say, are you free? Of course, that's the last name, you know, <laughs> so yes. Um, but they have traveled with us all around the state of Oklahoma and all around the nation. So I really want to thank you guys for, for doing that. It's super honored to have them. And um, gosh, I tell you, as we begin to step out in faith and be obedient, you see the hand of God move. How many know that you don't see the hand of God move until you're obedient first? you got to be obedient. It's not about winning or losing. It's about being obedient. We worry and concern ourselves with the wrong thing. We need to be obedient, and that's where I'm talking about today. I'm going to give you a word today that, that I believe is God put us to us all in the season. Before I begin, though, um, we've got some books out there on the back table. We have been so blessed, my wife and I, to uh, be authors of three number one bestsellers of books, which is pretty cool. The Quest for Wellness. You'll love the title Fork Your Diet. And then this one is our most recent bestseller, Surviving the Garden of Eton. There you go, right? So you will enjoy those books back there. We have them back there for you as well. And so we're so grateful to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate that. So listen, I'm going to go into some scripture today because it is important to understand today that we really know that it's time to stand up speak up and rise up how many know that we live in a time today where we have created this time we have this trauma because we as the church in general did not do that we must own that understand that acknowledge that and repent from that we sat down on our hands when it was time to step up and hold our hands up so we've had a wake-up call i'm grateful for a covid COVID turned the boat over. It turned the cruise ship over. It turned the boat over that had the flavor of every flavor for everybody, everybody, everywhere. (laughs) Didn't it? And it turned it over in the middle of an ocean. Some of us chose to walk on water. Some of us chose to not walk on water and be scared to death. And some of us just drowned. COVID was a gift. We need to understand that. Anything that happens in the world that God allows, and God is in charge. Make no moans about that. How many know God is still in charge? God is still in charge. This is not a surprise to him. When we look at this whole idea of COVID and everything with it, we tend to think it's a big surprise. No, God already knows. God knows it all, so let's understand it's not a surprise. So today, we have a little PowerPoint. I'm going to talk to you about how to stand up, speak up, and rise up. How many know how to do that? There are some things we've got to understand. When we look at this idea We need to understand this idea of potential. And I'm going to go to a scripture that's in my favorite book of the Bible, the book of Mark. (laughs) Did you get it, right? (laughs) All right. So I want us to understand this. This is found in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. Really important for us today. When I read these two verses, I want us to understand that this is normal behavior for the Christian. This is normal behavior for the man and woman of God. This is normal. Everybody say normal. Normal. It's not abnormal. It's not extraordinary. This is normal, normal behavior. So let's pay attention clearly to what this says. In Mark chapter 16, beginning, and I'm just going to back up to verse 15 because I want you to hear that too. We're going all the way through 18. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, we get that okay, right? We understand that. We're going to go preach the gospel. People are going to get saved, and those who don't get saved are going to go to hell. Right? We get all that. But what happens next? We forget. Listen to this, verse 17. And these signs. Everybody say, these signs. Say it again, these signs. I want you to get this, because these signs will accompany those who believe stop accompany me goes right with you all the time my wife is my rock she's my best friend my queen my ceo my co-founder of the functional medical institute and man you can use this she's not just my spare rib she's my perfectly glazed prepared prime rib (laughs) she is she is my joy and we're best buddies We're actually best friends, and we go everywhere together. She accompanies me, so when people see me, they see her. When they see her, they see me. So there's an accompaniment. It's there. It's like salt and pepper go together. It's like when we eat, we have Tabasco sauce. It's just an accompaniment, right? So we understand these things will accompany those. They go with us all. These are not unusual. We forget that. Let's think about this right now as we go forward. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, You getting powered up yet? Think about this. In my name, they're going to drive out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Uh, you know, I studied on this last night. I did. Because, you know, I know we're not called to just pick up a rattlesnake just because we can, because it will bite you and it will hurt you. But you know what this means, literally, in the Greek? Take up means to, like, figuratively cast away or put away. Put away. The serpent is deception. So we're to put away deception. Who is the master of deception? So as you go through the scriptures, you see this take up serpents. I want you to understand that you can cast away all the deception of the enemies of the demons that are around us all the time. You can take it up and flick it away. That's what that is. Pretty cool, huh? So it doesn't mean literally to pick up snakes. It means to cast away those things that are deceptive. So let's understand that. Now, when we look at this. They'll pick up sticks of their hands. They'll drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. I've told people this, and I'm going to tell you this today. There's a lot of people that have buyer's remorse from c- taking the vaccine. They do. I'll be straight with you on that. We're not anti-vaccine. We're not pro-vaccine. We're pro-choice. It's your choice. Do what you want. But there are people out there that have been so plagued with fear. They have been bombarded with fear. You take the vaccine, you're going to die. How many have heard that before? Okay, stop a moment. The last I checked, even if it was poison, those people that are believers as an accompaniment will drink deadly poison and it will not harm them. Leave it alone. Stop listening to that nonsense. It's just fear broadcast itself. Take that serpent of deception and cast it aside. Understand that this is normal. They'll drink deadly poison and it will not harm them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people and they will get managed. Is that what that says? No. They will get well. Both conventional medicine that we have today is all about management. God is about healing. The great physician says you'll be healed. He's the one in the white robe. But the white coat, there's no cure. Let's manage this. Who do you trust? The white robe or the white coat? You need to trust the white robe. Put your trust in the great physician because he says to us that we, everybody say, that's me. Any believers in here? If you're a believer in here, this is you. We will place our hands on sick people and they will get well. Well, look at that. I'm just amazed because sometimes we look at it as a miraculous thing when people get healed. Why? Was it normal in Jesus' day? Then why is it abnormal now? Let's think about that. Maybe it's because we don't believe. Right back to the basics and understand that it's time for us to step up, rise up, and be what we've never been before. Because we need to have the faith we've never had before. What does faith mean to us? We need to understand right now. Faith is not a spectator's. Faith is participatory. Understand that walking in faith means that we have to have action to us. So I'm going to go to the book of James. And we're going to do some flipping around the scriptures today because I want us to get this. Because if you don't know the word of God, you don't know how to navigate the way through the word of God, you won't know how to navigate your way through life. Won't happen. So in James chapter two, verse 14 through 17, listen carefully. And this is a this is a straight-up question that I want you to ask yourself today. And before I speak these words from God's scriptures. I'm going to preface it with this, put them in context. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to paint a picture here. I'm tired of hearing sermons. I'm ready to see some. The best sermons I've ever heard are those that I've seen. It is time to quit talking a good game and begin to get in the game. It's time to quit running our mouths and begin to put our mouths to work. It is important that we as believers quit just talking like we're Christians and begin to do it. I am so tired of all the blah, blah, blah. As we got into this idea of running for governor, I heard a lot of blah, blah, blah. How many are tired of that? We need to have the reality of God back into government. See, when you look at the writings of our founding fathers, this whole idea of separation of church and state, it's been taught incorrectly today. Do you know that? Thomas Jefferson used the phrase separation of church and state in response to a question. The question was posed to him, you're not going to be like Britain, are you? You're not going to force a religion on us, are you? Is that the intent of this, Mr. Jefferson? No, no, no. It's about separation of church and state. The government is not going to force their way into the church That's the point, right? But he did not say we're to keep God out of government. Are you seeing the deception? We need to know what God's word says and know what he means and begin to put our faith into action and quit sitting on our hands. Are you ready to get in the game yet? Oh, good, because I'm just getting started. Here we go. All right. So James chapter 2, verse 14 and 17, listen carefully. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is Dead. There's a lot of people today in our world that speak a lot of good words, but their actions don't line up. It is important for us not to judge them. It is important for us to live out faith in front of them. And not to call them out, but to live it out. Understand that there's too much people looking for the speck in somebody else's eye. while well, we've got a big plank in our own. We need to understand that it's up to us. When you look yourself in the mirror every day and I'll say, you, today, I want you, talking to self, To live it out today. Be the truth. Be the light. I don't care how dark the world is. I'm going to be the light. Because the light cancels out all darkness. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. Quit focusing on the dark. How many have been in a cave before? Where you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. What is absent in a dark cave? The light. But oh, when somebody opens up a cell phone in there. Little bitty light, it lights up everything. You get in the picture. A little bit of light will cancel out all darkness. That light is us. We are the light of the world. We need to be the light and quit focusing on the darkness. Do we understand that that's how mankind fell? Genesis chapter three. Just take you back there. A history lesson here. Adam and Eve were in the garden. They didn't know they were naked. Pretty cool. Right, they're there, great relationship with God, with each other and the dirt. Their self. Could get a whole lesson in teaching on that relationship with the dirt suit here. But they were there with God, and so was the serpent. Right? What happened in Genesis chapter 3? It wasn't earth shake, and the serpent didn't just appear. He was there. They begin to have a conversation with him. They begin to focus on him. They begin to talk to him and they begin to converse with him translated today they're focusing on the wrong thing they had all this abundance all this stuff going on for them they were walking with God but yet they focused on the wrong thing careful cautious my friends do not focus on the wrong thing do not focus on all the negative the controversy the drama the trauma all that mess my wife and I are out there all the time in the middle of it I can tell you I don't care what people talk about that negative stuff I'm going to talk about Jesus I don't care where I go Every single campaign speech I've given, and Daniel and Leah will verify this as well. My wife, I stand up in front of people, and the first thing I say is, I stand before you and boldly proclaim Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And secondly, I'm going to honor my wife. And I don't care what people think. Because you know what that does? It lights up the room. Because when God leads, everything else will follow. When Jesus is allowed to lead, everything else will follow. Our acts must match up with our faith. We need to understand that stepping out in faith requires us to get in the game. We need to quit being Monday morning quarterbacks and begin to get in the game. I'm going to give you a couple examples today from people in God's Word. I think it's super important to understand that in our time today in our world we began to not get what happened in our history And i'm going to go back to the book of genesis and i'm going to use the story just briefly of joseph and i'm going to take you through a few of these bible personalities today because you got to know kind of what they they've been through so you can see right there genesis chapter 27 we'll start right there and i'm going to use my old-fashioned bible here because i think it's kind of cool i like it i like the way it feels Right now, when you look at this Genesis 27, I'm going to work verse 23 through 24 just real quick. Okay, now understand there's Joseph, and, and I want us to get this idea of Joseph. I think it's uh, yeah, Genesis 37. Sorry, I was in 27. When we look at this this area here, which is 23 and 24. Joseph is not looked at as a favorite brother by his brothers. Although his parents, you know, his dad looked at him as a a favorite. So his brothers got jealous. I want you to understand that as you walk out in faith in the world and actually have these signs accompany you and I, there will be jealousy. Please understand that. So please understand that jealousy, hurting people hurt people. We talked about that earlier, and that's a big deal. So the brothers were obviously hurt. So they waited on Joseph and this opportunity, and obviously the devil got a hold of them. And we see when Joseph came to visit his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe. He was wearing the coat of many colors. You get that idea. And they took him and threw him into the cistern, and the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. When you think about this idea of Joseph, here he is cast off, neglected by his own family. There are times, friends, when God calls you to step up that you will be cast off by your own family. You'll be cast off by those people that are jealous around you. And it'll happen. You've got to learn to love them anyway. Don't hold it against them because they know not what they do. Forgive them, but sometimes you've got to love them from a greater distance for a time. Keep that in mind, a little bit of wisdom for you. We go forward to Genesis 39 because here's Joseph thrown into the pit. He later gets sold. He is getting sold into slavery, and finally he ends up in the house of Potiphar. What happens in verse 39 or chapter 39, 1 through 5? Listen. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Understand that your worst situation might be the open door for your greatest breakthrough. It might be the worst situation in the world. But when the greatest breakthrough is right, there, you got to keep the faith. So, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendants. Now Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of the household And all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord is on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Favor will follow obedience. Favor will follow obedience. We're going to hit a story on that in just a minute to prove it to you. But you have to understand that faith requires actions. Actions you have to do past the point of fear because sometimes the greatest actions you take... Fear standing right at the door. How many you have been in a situation where your greatest breakthrough you know is on the other side of that door, but you have the greatest voice of the enemy trying to get you to, to not walk through that door? How many you have been right there before? Understand that the greatest fear takes place right before your greatest breakthrough, but once you step through the door, favor follows that. Now we know what happened to Joseph eventually in the story. He was put in charge of everything, wasn't he? And what happened later on, his brothers came to him, didn't they? And they began to understand that here he was being gracious and they thought he was going to be angry at them. But what did Joseph do when they came to visit him later? How many know the story? He wept and he, he greeted them and he forgave them. He took care of them. And that's how the Israelites came to Egypt. So we understand the story there, right? Now, as we go forward, We know that eventually the whole story of Egypt goes south. It does, doesn't it? That's where God's people eventually got put in bondage after the rulers changed and all that. And they begin to multiply and they begin to work harder. And and God says, I'm going to pull you out of here and eventually uses Moses to do that. Sometimes I feel like Moses (laughs) walking around the state of Oklahoma, let my people go. I feel like sometimes we're in bondage, right? It's crazy to think about how we've gotten bondage to the idea of government, isn't it? Understand this. I've used the word tyranny a lot of times. When the people fear the government, that's tyranny. But when the government fears the people, that is freedom. Now, understand what's happening here in this idea of Egypt. God's people were honored. The government honored them, respected them. But over the time, the government became too powerful and began to put them in oppression. That's where we are right now. That's why it's time for us to step up. It is time for us to rise up and be the people that the government fears once again. Understand it's not about taking up arms, but it's not about not taking up arms. That's why you got to hang on to your guns, folks. I'm serious. Don't give up your guns. Right? The Second Amendment makes the First Amendment possible. Think about that. All right. As we go forward, the next person I want to talk about is Caleb. Now, we're going to go forward in Joshua. We see Joshua 14, verse 6 through 13. And I want you to see what Joshua did. Now, I've told you that, first of all, in Joseph, here's a guy that was neglected and mistreated by his family, but God used that anyway. He had to learn to overcome, right? Here's Caleb, a different guy. He's a different duck. So we see this in verse 6 through 13. I'm going to read this. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? So he's, here's, here's Caleb stepping up and talking to Joshua. And he says, You know what they said about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses started but the Lord sent me from the Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report concerning my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Stop. Some people see the world as a tragedy, some people see the world as an opportunity, some people see the giants as somebody they should fear, some people see the giants as something to be overcome. Some people look at those giants and say, oh, they're going to beat us. But God looks at those giants and says, watch what I'm going to do to them in your way. Understand that there's a difference in our viewpoint. If we want to step up, stand up, and rise up, we've got to see things differently. We've got to be the uncharacteristic person who looks at the situation and says, wait a minute, that's not bad. What are we scared about? Come on, why is this bad? Let's take it as an opportunity. Just a little campaign example. I want you to get where my mind goes with this. The relationship with the tribes of Oklahoma is terrible. Absolutely terrible. thinking to myself, is that a bad thing? Well, it is right now, but I look at it as an opportunity. We can rebuild that thing, make it better than ever before. How many believe we can do that? See, that's an important thing. we got to see things differently. See things the way God sees things. Look at Caleb's life. He's 80 years old. Anybody here got eight decades in your life? Come on, man. You guys are still young, according to Caleb. I'm serious. You can't let age stop you. because watch what Caleb does. This guy's got some courage, man. He says, so on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. The good thing about people that have been on this planet a few decades is they've got memories. They got history. History Will tell you something, won't it? History tells you lessons, and people have walked the Lord a long time. Can tell you history. They can see the faithfulness of God. So the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have fulfilled the the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, this is an eighty-year-old guy. Just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am, 85 years old. sure his voice elevated at that time. Here I am, 85. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out and battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helped me. Get this. I will drive them out, just as he said. The Anakites were big people. They really were. Powerful. But here's an 85-year-old guy looking at everybody else that's younger, most likely. Can you imagine him saying, listen, young men and women, I'm 85 years old. You ain't got nothing on me. I'm going to take that hill country, and God's going to drive those Anakites out, and he's going to show you how these old whippersnappers can do things because I got experience. And we need to understand this. Age cannot become an excuse for walking in obedience to stop you from standing up, stepping up, and rising up. Understand that age will get in your way. I'm too old. I can't do anything. I'm too old. My best days are behind me. Nonsense. If you got breath in your lungs, you have the best days right now. That's the way we got to view it right there, folks. That's super important. So that's Caleb. I want to go forward one more. So age is not a number, and age is not a liability. Age is a strength because you got wisdom, you got experience. Trust that, speak that, and teach your children that as well. Let's look at David. Let's go to 1 Samuel. Don't you love seeing these stories once again? So you got First Samuel, verse 17, 1 through 8. We'll start right there. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soca in Judah. They pitched tent in Ephraim, Daman, between Soca and Ezekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled, camped in the valley of Elah, and drew up their battle line between the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill, and the Israelites the other, with a valley between them. Get this in verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over 9 feet tall. Pretty big guy, huh? He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor, a bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. And on his legs, he wore bronze Greaves and bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted at the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are not you servants of Saul? Choose a man, and have him come down to me. Now, every day, this guy named Goliath is doing this. He's daring God's people. How many out there today have been dared every day by the Goliath that you can't defeat me? I want you to hear that today because the giant is real. The giant is real, but he's not impenetrable. He is not a person that can't be defeated. The enemy is real. Don't make any mistake about that. Satan and his demons are real. He will come out there every day and he will dare you to come out and challenge him. Now, many people step back. And they say, I can't challenge them. They're too big. Mark you can't beat the government. They're too strong. The establishment's too powerful. Last I checked, Jesus was prophesied to be a man with a government on his shoulders. Let's not understand let's understand that right now. We need to not bow down to Goliath. This is what the Israelites are doing that day. They were bowing down to Goliath every day through the word of fear. Here comes David on the scene. Who is this little young guy? We talk about age not being a number. What about youth? Young people, does that keep you from stepping up? No, it doesn't. You got energy that I still have. (laughs) So we go forward to verse 16. I want you to see this. For 40 days, 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Forty days and nobody stepped up. Folks, that's what's happening today. Day after day, year after year, month after month, week after week, nobody's stepping up because we're afraid we can't win. Isn't that true? Understand the enemy will be consistent in his stance, Thank God we know where people stand today. I'm grateful for evil. You know why? Because I know what it is. I'm serious. You don't have to wonder about it. It'll tell you what it is. You know the agenda today, don't you? You and I are not human anymore. We're going to hack you because you can't control yourself. That's the agenda. To control you, everything you do, monitor what you do, and take your money from you. And teach you that if you don't behave yourself... We're going to take your money away, but you can't buy anything anymore. We want to track you. We want to keep an eye on you because you don't know how to self govern. That's been happening to us for more than 40 days. Every single day. For a lot of the last two years, isn't it? It's basically saying, You're too stupid. You can't defeat me. Isn't that it? Isn't that what's happening? How many agree with that? We need to understand that that is just nothing more than a con job to get us believing by fear that we can't step up but my friends watch what happens in verse 45 to 51 it's incredible verse 45 first samuel 17 david showed up on the scene now i'm going to give you a little backstory here to fill in the gap david shows up on the scene to greet his brothers to check on him and he's seeing what's going on he's saying Who, what is going on why are you guys backing down to that clown what are you doing? And they're like, well, he's too big. So he goes to Saul and says, can I, like, go out and fight this guy? I'm sure Saul thought this young man had lost his bloody mind. Right? He actually tried on Saul's armor. and he goes, oh, this is not going to work for me at all. This is not my style. This is not me at all. I'm going to go out there with my sling and five rocks. You know what they were thinking probably, right? This guy's going to go out there and get slaughtered immediately. And the brothers, think about this, they didn't have much love for David. <laughs> they just let him go. They weren't brothers at all. Hear what I said. You might want people to follow you in that battle, but they're not waiting, and they're not equipped, and they're not able to do that. Don't get aggravated. Sometimes you've got to step out there all yourself. You can't wait on somebody to go with you. You cannot do that. If you wait on somebody to go with you, sometimes it will never be done. Sometimes you got to take that first step and you got to lead the way. Leadership is what Jesus did. He says, folks, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me if you want to be my disciples. I'm paraphrasing Luke 9.23 right there. Right? But he said, you got to follow me. Why is that important? Because we need to become leaders like Jesus was a leader because everything in Jesus is in us. Back to Mark chapter 16, right? These signs will accompany those who believe. Do you think it's a leadership thing to go out there and lay hands on the sick and the sick get well? It is. We need to lead the way. Man, we had an altar call at an Oklahoma 2A meeting recently. I went there to talk about political events and led some people to the Lord. It's great. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. I thought Daniel and Leah were going to like, what is going on? This is supposed to be a political meeting. Well, they're the same because these signs will accompany me right they're supposed to be that way it should be normal man we're going to have an altar call inauguration serious i'm believing for cameramen to lay down their cameras and get saved i'm not i'm not kidding about that at all pastor eric knows i'm not we need to do things differently watch what david did we're going to go forward here after verse, in verse 45 let's continue David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and a javelin? But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. How dare you step up and mock my God? Where's that confidence today, folks? Do we need to grab some of that? We need to hang on to that. How dare you mock my God? How dare you do that? This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. I suggest you don't say that to people like in those ways. (laughs) Not exactly like that. Paraphrase. Choose this day your words carefully, right? Today I'm going to give the carcasses of the Philistines army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. that's a word for us today isn't it all those who gathered that here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the lord saves for the battle is the lord and he will give all of the nations in your hand and as the philistine moved closer to attack him david ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him folks you don't run from your enemies you run right at them you don't back down if you back down, there's a reason that the, the uh, armor is forward-facing. If you turn around, it didn't cover your backside. I'm serious. We need to run right at your enemy. When I was in the SWAT team for 10 years in Tulsa, I was the guy many times that carried the shield that would go in the door first. Many of you don't know that. And I remember going in those doors first many times not knowing what I was going to run into. And I remember holding that shield, and sometimes I wondered if the guys didn't give me the shield because I was strong enough to carry it. I don't know. (laughs) But I went in first, and my job was simple. No matter what happened, I was to go at that threat, right at it. No matter how many shots were fired, I was not to retreat. I was to go right at it and take that shield and go right at that gun barrel, to push that gun barrel right up in their head. That's how violent you have to be with your enemy. You have to be ferocious at this. If you can't get that fire, you're too passive. Christianity is not passive. It's not passive. We've been taught, turn to other cheek. There's a time to step back. There's a time to step up. There's a time for peace. There's a time for war. There's a time you've got to sit down. And be quiet. For this is the time you've got to step up and speak up and get in the game. Folks, that time is now. You've got to go right at that enemy every single day, not with any waiver of your step. Are you going to have some anxiety? Yes. Are you going to have maybe some fear? Yes. But fear must not be the thing that holds you back, fear must be the thing that fuels you on. Fear is like jet fuel to me. I am not scared of any of these clowns, I don't care. I'm bought and paid for, man. Something happens to me, I'm just going to step in my eternity anyway. Look, I'm not from here. I'm a kingdom person. I come here on loan for a while to do my job, and I'm going home. But while I'm here, I'm going to fight for my God all the way. How me with me in that? It's an important thing to step up, stand up, and rise up, folks. We cannot be passive anymore. David didn't let youth get in his way. He didn't let negativity get in his way. He didn't let fear get in his way. He didn't let the naysayers get in his way. He didn't let the lack of equipment get in his way. I'm not equipped. I wish I had a dollar for every time that I was told, you can't do that. You can't do it. You can't beat the establishment. They've got too much money. You know what I say? My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. he he got all kinds of money. All I got to do is ask him. And I don't care where it comes from. It's from him, so I'm good. You know what's happened? We are freaking him out now. It's cool. We're getting quite a stir around this state. I believe we're going to win. And when we do, God is going to get glorified in the capital. And I'm pretty excited about that because people are going to get saved because my life is not about loyalty to the government of the United States. My life is about loyalty to my God in in heaven. Kingdom stuff, man. We need to step up against the enemies. Today, folks, we are fighting battles. This is a war. We need to step up, speak up, and rise up again. I keep saying that because I want to get that in your spirit so deeply. One more story. The book of Daniel. I want you to go there right now. In Daniel, chapter 1, we'll start right there, verse 8. Okay, here we go, verse 3 through 8 in chapter 1. Now, understand the backstory of this. Daniel is a guy that's just having a good life in Judah. And all of a sudden, somebody comes in and kidnaps him. And takes him from Judah to Babylon in front of this evil king named Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar's job at that point, folks, was to, and I want you to get the parallels for to indoctrinate him into the culture, change the culture. He wanted to change the kingdom in Daniel and put the world into Daniel. He wanted to make Daniel look like, smell like, act like, dress like, be like the world. Daniel had a choice, folks. If we have a a relationship with God through Jesus, we're not from here either. Our citizenship is not of this world. Understand that we've been brought here on this world for a time right now for a reason and a season. It's a little window. Daniel paints a powerful lesson for us right here on what we're to do with our time here on earth. Listen to this. Here's Daniel. Daniel chapter 1 verses 3 through 8. The king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men without physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. Are you getting the parallels? Folks, you need to get with it. You need to start supporting LGBTQ. you got to start supporting CRT, man. Right now? Get on board. It's time to grow up, Americans. Y'all tracking with that? Are you seeing a happening propaganda? Suffocating socialistic agenda. That's what it is. Understand. So now, when we look at this, he wanted to get them indoctrinated. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. This was a three-year program. Among these were some of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. (laughs) My name is Mark. You ain't going to change my name. I am a child of God. This is a big deal. I'm a child of God. My license might say Mark Sherwood, but you know what it says on it? I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so are you. Don't let anybody change your name. Don't let them change your identity because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal your identity. When it comes to sickness, he wants you to identify with sickness. I have. I am. Fill in the blank. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He wants you to identify with that. We go to the doctor. We're looking for a diagnosis so that I can know what's wrong with me. I want a new identity. Stop. Hold the line on that one. We are children of God. We must not accept a new identity. But he gave new names. To Daniel, Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Listen. Verse 8. Very key word. Very key verse. But Daniel was resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. This was not just about food. This was about culture. He had decided before he came to Babylon. Before he came to Babylon that he was going to stand. Where did he get his resolve? It came from practice every day. Practice stepping up and saying, I knew who I am. I'm not from here. I'm going to step up. I'm not going to be changed. I'm not going to be manipulated by anything around me. I'm not going to let the world change me. I'm going to become a world changer. Instead of being affected and infected by the world, I'm going to affect the world. I'm going to be a light in a darkened place so I know wherever I go, the light's going to shine. Daniel was resolved. He didn't want anything to do with that. Folks, it is good to be different. My wife and I get called freaks all the time. We do. You're radical. You're freaks. Because you work out. You eat right. Really? Is that weird? It is weird to the world. Strange to the world. But it's not strange in God. Because I look at that as this is my temple. Not my property. I I don't have any reason to abuse this property. It's not mine to abuse. Like if I go to... Pastor Eric and Shelley's house, and I mess it all up, they're not going to bite me back. And why would they? Right? That's called an abuse of somebody else's property. Do you want to abuse God's property? No, so I'm not a weirdo, neither is my wife. Right? But you can see how we get switched around in that, don't we? Because we're different. Understand there's a shift in our culture right now. And Christians are going to be looked at more and more and more as you're different. You're too different. You need to get on board and come this way. Right? Are you seeing that happening? That's exactly what is happening. As we go forward into verse 18 to 20 of chapter 1, I want you to see what happened. Daniel was given favor. Obedience precedes favor. gonna we'll say that one more time. Obedience precedes favor. If you want favor, you've got to be obedient first. So Daniel got some favor. Go to verse 18. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, The chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked to them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every manner of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Daniel exhibited favor. These people weren't Christian people. Uncharacteristic favor will follow you. And you'll get favor even with people that are non-Christian. They don't believe. But they can't help it. Because what you have, they really want. What you have is a hole in their heart that they're trying to get God to fill. But you represent that thing, and they're going to bring you in, and you're going to get favor. So expect you, yourself, to have a table in the presence of your enemies. You will. It's called favor. Daniel was given favor. Because they have the guts to step up and be obedient. Do you have the guts to step up and be obedient? Against all odds? Even when captured and put into a foreign land, somebody else is put in charge of you? This is where we are today. We have a foreign land situation. We're not from here. What are we going to do to affect the culture? Are we Are going to be like Daniel? Or are we just going to blend in and not cause any problems? The choice we have is, as we go forward to chapter 2 verse 48 we're going to see what happened to Daniel <laughs> Daniel eventually is serving there and the king gets some dreams and his dreams become very disturbing and none of his sorcerers and magicians and wise men can interpret the dreams and the king gets furious he's furious because no one can interpret the dream but Daniel says I believe I can and he asked God for wisdom he asked God for the interpretation of the dream when he did give Daniel the interpretation of the dream. He went back to Nebuchadnezzar and got the favor once again to stand in the king's presence. Pretty cool. He interpreted the dream. What happened next? Watch this. Chapter 2, verse 48. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler of the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover... At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Daniel had the obedience down. He had the resolve down. Then he got favor. And then he began to hear and see the voice of God better. How many want to see and hear the voice of God better? Obedience. Resolve precedes favor precedes hearing the voice of God there's an order there and we need to begin to understand that we got to step out in faith first and we step out in faith and we speak to those things that are not as though they are we can't walk into life fearful at all and when we don't walk in fearful when we walk in faith we're able to do the extraordinary the impossible you see God's not all about the possible he's all about the impossible How many have had impossible stuff come upon them lately? Impossible. But how many know that's the time God is ready to go? If we can achieve something, God's not in it. But oh my friends, if we can allow God to achieve something in us, God is it. Daniel said a moment ago, Jesus plus nothing is the gospel. I'm going to add one thing to that. Jesus plus nothing is Everything. We must step aside and allow God to step up. We must put all of ourselves down and truly deny everything we are and embrace our citizenship in heaven. Embrace who we are as kingdom people. And when we do, we're going to see the hand of God move in our lives. And we're going to see the hand of God move in our lives so big that the impossible giants, the impossible demons, the impossible doubt all come down. How many are ready for that? I am. Now, Watch what happens. We're going to go forward. Back to the book of Mark, my favorite book. (laughs) Chapter 14 this time. And I'm going to kind of tie this up with a nice bow right here. This is Jesus in the garden. One of the most intense passages ever. Listen carefully. We're going to begin in verse 32 and go through 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further. I wanted you to get those four words right there. Going a little further. Jesus went a little further with his disciples. We have the ability today to go a little bit further. Listen to that. We got the ability to go further than any mankind could. We can go further. Going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Our emotions must not lead. Emotions must take a second place to our faith. Your emotions will say no, but faith will say go. He returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you still asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning a third time, are you willing? Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus went straight ahead. Straight at the enemy, didn't he? Straight at the enemy to the point of death. When I think about this passage, Jesus is letting it all hang out here, isn't he? He's saying, Dad, is there another way? Any other way to do this? Any other potential way? Is there a better way? But he, he yields these words, yet not what I will, but your will be done. This is where we need to rest right here, folks. We can do the impossible with God's our help. When we yield to him, your emotions will say, oh, no, 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 no. But God's going to say, yes, 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 yes. And that's what God is. He tells us to step up, stand up. And speak up and rise up at a time such as this. In today's world. I must ask the question of all of us. Are we really ready to do that? Isn't it time that we all make that decision? I came here today. With one mission in mind. To speak the word of the Lord that he put on my heart. End of story. And I know what God's going to do. In that. He's going to use it. To bring his people to a brand new level. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by happenstance. You're here for a reason. God is calling you this morning to eliminate all your excuses. Too old. Too young. Not significant. Don't have any money. I can never match up to that. Stop it. That is of the devil. It is time to step up and face those enemies with confidence and know whatever happens we already win. It is time that the light of Christ shines in the world, and it's us that do it. Time when we step up and rise up at a different place. Folks, it's that time today. We gotta activate faith with action and quit standing by and being spectators. The world will be changed through us by what we do, by what we say, and they need to match up. These signs shall accompany those who believe. It will take up deadly serpents deception and cast it aside they'll drink deadly poison it won't harm them they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will get well the sick will get well we can't doubt anymore we have to speak up and step up and believe it believe it folks i'm asking you this morning to step out and believe that you've never had before From this moment forward, your life will never be the same once again. If somebody's here today, and I'm serious about this, all eyes up here, listen carefully. You have a need this morning. You say, I've been diagnosed with this or that or the other. Is that a need? Is that a need? Stand up. It's called faith. Stand up, step up, man. Stand up, step up, and rise up. This is what it's about. You need God to touch you. You need that? Everybody need that this morning? You need to see the impossible? Can we believe for the impossible today? Can we believe that? I can. Is anybody crazy enough to believe God's Word with me today? Is anybody insane enough to believe that? Is anybody just nutty enough to believe we can be radical and weirdos in this world? Is anybody crazy enough to believe we can defeat Goliath without no military equipment? (sighs) I do. So let's believe it this morning. There's all kinds of people standing around let's believe it if you're a believer you go lay a hand on that person right now do that because these signs shall accompany those who believe they will lay hands on the sick the sick will get well that's not just a physical ailment that's an emotional that's a spiritual ailment too maybe you don't know God this morning it's important and I'm going to pray now I'm just going to pray in agreement it's already happened right it's already happened somebody to go lay hands right back on everybody make sure you got a hand laid on them right I'm serious important. Father, in the name of Jesus, we trust you for your word. We trust you, Lord, that your word is true. We trust you, Lord, on the face that it's true, and you're going to honor that today. God, thank you for being right with us right now. Father, you are the God of truth. You're the God of the impossible. You're the God of the able. You're the God that heals. You're the God that sets free You're the God that defeats the enemy. You're the God that kicks the giants in the teeth. You're the God that takes intimidation and it casts it aside. You're the God that looks at deception as child's play. You're the God that loved us so much. You sent your son to the cross to die for us. And by your power that we have within us, he rose from the dead. And by that same power today, I pronounce healing over every single person here that has an ailment this morning. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will do your wonderful working power today and set people free, heal their lives physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know the need, God. You know the need. And I thank you right now that you are touching people in every part of their lives right now. And Father, we proclaim victory today over doubt, over fear, over uncertainty, over even self Hatred. We proclaim freedom over addiction. We proclaim freedom over bondage. And we proclaim freedom over an unfavorable diagnosis we've got from anybody that wears a white coat. We thank you, God, that you're the great physician. And we thank you that your diagnosis as the great physician says you will be well. You will be healed. And we're going to believe that. We're going to defer to you, God. And we thank you, Father, for. All you do today is all about you. All about you. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen. And amen, amen. Pastor
0: Eric. Come on, let's give him a praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Let's give Dr. Mark a praise today too. Hallelujah. Hey, you know what? We're we're not going to send you out. We're we're not going to send you home with a moan. We're going to send you out with a shout. Amen? Let's just join the worship team as we just lift the Lord up today. We just thank you. And we're just going to ask the Lord to begin to seal this word that it's time to stand up. Everybody say stand up. It's time for us to begin to stand up. Oh, you are standing up. That's all right. And it's time to what? Rise up. It's also time to be able to rise up. And it's also time to speak up. Somebody ought to give the Lord a mighty shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Lead and let's just worship the Lord this morning. Let's just worship Him. Thank you, Lord. Hey, I don't know about you, but I kind of like to have a governor that's not afraid to stand up for the things of God. Amen? And also break down the relationships. of the, That's big in our heart is the Native American relationships. And I know those have been strained. Listen, before we leave, I just want us to be able to sow in to their ministry. This is not about giving today. It's not about giving in to their gubernatorial campaign it's about sowing into them as men and women of god because i how many of you know they're 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 spending their own money they're spending they're like uh you know president trump spent a bunch of money and he wouldn't take other money he spent a bunch of his own money to to be able to run but i want you to know i want us to be able to sow so ask the lord remember we're good at this by finding out what the Lord says we were to sow, go ahead and make a check to Living Word Fellowship if you have a check, and we'll give them one check, so it'll help their accountant. They won't have to worry about having 40 different checks. But let's just find out what it is that the Lord wants us to be able to sow into their ministry today. Just begin to ask the Lord, "So, Lord, what it is, and then, like Dr. Mark said, just be obedient. So, Father, right now, we just thank you that you are able to give us what it is that we're to sow into this ministry today, and we're just going to sow it in faith in Jesus' name. Let's begin to worship the Lord, and let's just come and give as the Lord offers to give. There's some baskets up front just for you to come and give your offering this morning. Thank you, Lord. just want to have you face them. We're, we're an apostolic prophetic church. And the prophetic word as it begins to come forth was, I saw in, in years past where, and I know a little bit of your, your testimony is amazing. Um, talk with you more at lunch for this. But what I saw was the shield you talked about walking in, you were first ones to go in. And that you've always been the first one. You've always been the first one, not just what you preached. You're the first one to do that. You you would stand up. You would rise up. You would speak up. You would you would stand that. And I, what I saw was uh, you know the shield. You know, many of you know the shield wasn't like what we think is a little bitty baby shield. <laughs> it's it's a shield, a full armor shield. They actually would have to physically pick them up and move them. But you know the Bible says that 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 the fiery darts are there and it was almost like I could see your shield with holes in it or dents in it and then all of a sudden I saw it was like the Lord coming down with a grinder and fixing those holes and beginning to start patching those holes and it's the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart that the wicked one brings against us and there have been fiery darts that have hit that shield and damaged that shield and there's times you're like I don't know It almost feels like it's almost getting through but I'm here to tell you today, it is not going to get through because the Lord is bringing that. He's bringing the bondo. He's bringing the, the grinder. He's bringing the welder. He's beginning to begin to, to start coming, taking those, those holes, and He's beginning to start fixing those things. And how many of you know that we're going to begin to lift Him up in prayer? We're going to begin to, begin to uh, 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 meditate on the Word of God and then bring them up to the Lord? Like Cornelius, the memorial that comes up? And we just know that he's fixing that shield of faith. So I want to pray for you right now that when you walk out of here, you guys are going to be walking out in a greater measure. You're going to be walking out with a greater shield of faith. I mean, those dents and those fiery darts that the wicked one has tried to get through, we say right now that they have to cease and desist. Not only that, but the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That weapon may be formed against you, but it will not prosper. And Father, I thank you as we release them right now today to be able to walk in what you've called them to walk in and that they are going to walk out of here and go wait a minute there's something different. As we're carrying this shield of faith, it is going to begin to be lighter. It's, 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 You know what? It's almost like I saw an upgrade in the shield of faith. That it was going to be even made of a, a, a new material that's not allowed anything to could be able to come in and come through that right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that we just plead the blood of Jesus over them. We thank you that you are in their comings and their goings. And God, we thank you that this man of God and woman of God have come today to bless us we receive that we believe that we thank you for the gifts that are being deposited within us that we rise up that we speak up and that we stand up in Jesus name and everybody said amen let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise hallelujah
3: um,
0: you know you said today you'd like to see a sermon how many of you believe we saw a sermon today says this, as you have spoken up, as you have risen up, as you have showed up today, there is much favor, there is so much favor, you talked about favor today, but you were obedient and now the favor is going to bless, it's going to come, the money is going to come rolling in money that you don't even know where it's coming from it's just gonna to begin to roll in because of favor
1: because of being obedient today
0: thank you Lord we're gonna send you we're gonna send you home father right now we just thank you for this couple we just thank you that you know as you're out on, on traveling everywhere that you go and the, the the shows and the radio shows and TV shows and all that stuff We thank you that you are rooted and grounded in the Lord. And we thank you for that. And we bless these feet right now. We pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that he's he's taking care of those things. We bless them, right, from the soles of his feet to to the tops of their heads right now. We thank you for them for being in Woodward, Oklahoma today. And for gracing us with your anointing and your gifting right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give him another hand clap of praise. Listen, right outside, and and this isn't about them. It's about about helping them. So if there's a table out there with some books, I'm telling you, we all need the books, right? We all need to get knowledge. And then there's some other things that are available to you. They're going to have somebody out there that's going to be able to help you out there. We bless you. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise for them being able to be here today. We thank you guys for being part of this. Let's worship the Lord as we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys are dismissed. Hallelujah.